Hola y welcome back to Vos Memos. I'm your host, Angela George, and in this episode, I want to talk about nostalgia. With the never-ending hype about Taylor Swift's re-recordings, the Mean Girls movie refocusing the 2000s, and the Barbie snubs at the Oscars, it seems like we're riding an up-and-down wave of Gen Z nostalgia. So in this episode, I want to explore the things I've fallen back in love with from my childhood as an adult. The internet is full of people rediscovering childhood passions, but with the adult money to finally fund them. The current pop culture moment seems to be a mishmash of all decades colliding into 2024, so let's dig in and unlock our inner child. So get your hot girl walk started because you're listening to Vos Memos. So I want to cover a lot of topics in this episode, but before I get too deep into one nostalgic trend or the other, I want to address the Barbie snubs at the Oscars. This has happened for her other movies as well. But my question is, why are we surprised? Everyone was shook, like angry, frustrated, disheartened. It played into the whole theme of the Barbie movie. And that's why I'm confused, like, why we're surprised, because we're relying on a system that is completely entrenched and built inside of patriarchy. And those systems, even the Oscars, will continue to fail women because that's how they're built. They're built to fail women. And so that's why I was surprised that people were surprised. And of course, I'm sad for Greta Gerwig. I'm happy for America Ferreira, like, She's nominated, and that is a big win. Margot Robbie was also snubbed. So it really does highlight like this clash of bringing back these nostalgic items. And you want to think that like we're so far away from where we were in the past, but then we're not. Then we're like just experiencing the same things over and over again. And I mean, that is kind of alarming in a way. <laughs> Because you're like, wow, like Barbie, like that's what I did as a kid. Like all the themes in the movie were about how Barbie solved everything, but it didn't actually. And the world is pretty sucky for women. And and then we think like, oh, but we've made so much progress because we have movies about this stuff. But then those movies, the people that made them, the women that made them don't get recognized in the way that they should. And so that That is probably one of the negative parts about being nostalgic is that sometimes it helps you recognize that you're not actually that far away from the past. And I know that's kind of a heavy way to start off the episode, but it is just a really important moment we're going through right now culturally. Um, And maybe like with the election year, who knows, like we might actually get another an infusion of feminism into the culture. But I don't know. I think we're all just kind of processing some of the shock that it's 2024, but we keep getting like a slap in the face. Every time we're trying to make progress on something, it feels like women are getting shut down. But we'll persevere and we'll keep supporting each other, women supporting women. And I mean, I think a lot of us this past summer with Barbie and the Eras Tour especially, we're kind of reconnecting with our inner child. And it was like a, a revival of girlhood all summer long. And then we like got cozy, we got into our holidays, and then we're starting out the new year with this big gut punch, like, nope, welcome back to the adult world where your Barbie dreams are actually just going to get crushed by 
the patriarchal Oscars. Uh, yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to see that as a pattern with these nostalgic trends coming through and then kind of getting pushed back into, quote, reality. And so I want to go back to that idea of that girlhood revival and like the shared experience that we all went through as children, like going through childhood and then now kind of emerging as adults. This is like the time where we're realizing that all those feelings that we had all through our childhood are shared, shared experiences. And the internet can make us feel very isolated oftentimes because, I mean, you're not really connecting with people. You're just watching through the screen. So there's that separation. But what the internet can do, rarely, is that you can observe the real human experience on the internet when it's not filtered and it's not curated and there's like an actual person being vulnerable and authentic. That's when you can kind of have that spark of connection and realize like, oh, people all around me are feeling like the same feelings that I am. And like, that's when we start to like realize that we're not alone and it can help normalize a lot of like those big feelings and also celebrate big feelings and big emotions and growing as we're going through our 20s. And so this is why Taylor Swift's Eras Tour was so important to the girlhood revival because it wasn't just Gen Z. It was all Swifties across all generations were able to go back and realize like, oh, we've all shared these experiences as going through girlhood and now we're all adults here or like, I mean, there are a lot of kids still discovering Taylor Swift, but the adults at the Eras Tour were able to connect on that shared experience of growing up listening to Taylor Swift and growing up with Taylor Swift. And then for me, like as a the oldest sibling, Taylor Swift was always like kind of that big sister advice that I didn't have because she was just a few years older than me. A few. She's like 10 years older than me. But she was always there like with all of her lyrics. I think Swifties can really relate to having a song that completely resonates with them for every emotion that they feel or every breakup they go through, every instance of falling in love. There are Taylor Swift lyrics out there to describe those feelings and validate them. And so it's just like a sanity check a little bit. Like it makes you realize like, oh, everyone thinks that their high school crush is going to be the person they marry. And everyone thinks their first breakup is going to like destroy them. And and everyone has those deep, dark spirals in the middle of the night that keep them up. And they wonder, like, why don't I know anything? Why don't I know what I'm doing? But then there's literally a Taylor Swift song about that. Nothing new off of Red Taylor's version. How can a person know everything at 18 but nothing at 22? And so it really validates you. And you're not alone. You can see so many Swifties on the internet connecting to these lines. And Taylor Swift herself connects to that line. So... It just allows us all to like validate that inner child and those innermost feelings. So I promised that I would talk about something like falling in love with things from my childhood. And one of those has definitely been gaming. I've really become a cozy gamer and like, and I do love it for the nostalgia of it. I got Mario Kart. That was one of the first games I got because I loved it as a kid because I loved playing it on Wii and the Switch, of course, 
Mario Kart 8 has all of those previous tracks from other Mario Kart editions, including the Wii in it. And so it makes it so fun. Like all different generations can connect to Mario Kart because it's been around for so long. And then they get to see those tracks from their youth be reimagined in the newest version of the game. And so it's like hard not to love it. Um, One of my comfort games from childhood is definitely Webkin's World. And maybe you're surprised, like you're wondering, does that even still exist? Spoiler, it does. It used to be a Flash Player game and they've ported it over to a desktop version. You can get it on Windows or Mac for free. And if you remember your account, it still works. Mine still works. Please friend me, American Angel Girl. Long story where that username comes from, but send me your friend request and we can be friends on Webkin's World. We can meet in a park and play checkers or you can spin the wheel of wow. It just brings me back so far back. And at my lowest lows, if I open up Webkin's World, I know I'm going to have a good time because my pets in Webkin's World, they unconditionally love me no matter how long I've been gone. And all those nostalgic sounds, like it's a very visceral experience, like opening up the game that you played when you were five or six. And it's exactly the same 20 years later. And people are still on it. Like, I, yeah, I have a couple friends on there and we can meet up in Webkin's world and it's so fun. So send me a friend request. We can be friends on Webkin's world. One more thing on cozy games and I guess like escapism through video games is basically what I just described with Webkin's world. I just finished Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Zevin. I think that's how you say it. It was so good. Five stars for sure. I think it's it's something about like a love story of two friends, but they're never like in love with each other. Something like that. Which, I mean, it, it goes back to that thread about vulnerability. Like you get to see these people these characters at their most vulnerable states, just purely experiencing the human experience while they build video games together. And so like after I finished that book, I was like, one, sobbing. And then two, I was like, okay, I need to log back into my Switch. I need to log back into my Minecraft account. I need to get back in on Webkin's world. Like just, I wanted to reconnect with the games in the same way that the characters were so inspired by video games. I mean, that is why video games are popular because they give you a very like um, full experience that you can use to escape the monotony of nine to five capitalistic life. I can definitely feel a video game grind session coming on inspired by that book. And I mean, hopefully I'll download a few of the games that have been on my list to try. Or I got Just Dance in a Black Friday sale. I've only played it like a handful of times, but every time I play it, I love it. One, because I had it when I was a kid, nostalgia. But two, just because it's a fun game. You get moving, you can get a little workout in, you get to listen to fun music. I just need to like stock the Nintendo shop for more like cozy games. The two games that I've been meaning to download forever and I just haven't gotten around to it are Florence and The Master's Pupil. And I like these too because they're kind of cozy games. There's no like shooting or running around. (laughs) There is running, but it's more like through puzzles. And then 
So Florence is about a 25 year old who is kind of stuck in that routine of like work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep. Sound familiar? (laughs) And so one day she meets a cello player named Krish who changes everything about how she sees the world. It's just going to be a really cute game. I've only heard good things about it. It's literally on sale for $2, so I probably should just buy it right now. (laughs) And then the Master's Pupil, it's a hand-painted puzzle game. And when I say hand-painted, like, the creator literally painted each, like, frame and, like, object in the game. Not digitally, like, painted it. So I think, like, that's just cool intersection, and I love seeing that type of multidisciplinary work. So I want to support and then it just, it looks like a beautiful game, has great reviews also. So after finishing Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, I just felt very inspired to reconnect with gaming. Also, I really should just buy The Master's Pupil and Florence because if I buy The Master's Pupil right now, then I'll have enough Nintendo Gold to cover Florence and get it for free, which is girl math, right? Like buy something to get something else for free. So yeah, next episode, I will definitely have a review on both those games. Pinky promise. So going back to Taylor Swift, not to make the whole episode about her, but I am literally wearing Eras Tour merch right now. So I just feel like the Eras themselves really give us a great tool to kind of decode our life and put it away into like neat chapters and like kind of understand like when we have to close one of those chapters i mean it just gives you some needed direction in your 20s like that's kind of what i was talking about with the sanity check like oh okay it's like normal to feel like i don't know anything in my 20s like because taylor didn't feel like she knew anything in her 20s but then it can also give you some inspiration like taylor swift's blind confidence and how she always bets on herself that can be really inspiring and kind of pull you out of like those spiraling sessions one line that really is coming back to me for this is like i'm the best thing at this party from you're losing me uh, midnight's from the vault but then in the very next line she says and i wouldn't marry me either like it's like that dichotomy of spiraling but then you know you're awesome and like you know that you're really cool and have a lot of potential it's just comforting to have someone else be like yes you are gonna spiral but you're still the best thing at this party and the eras themselves like that is part of the psychological phenomenon of naming an emotion to take away its power if you can say to yourself oh i am spiraling like i'm really having a folklore moment or i'm in my red era that can help you dissect what you're feeling and in doing that take away the power from those emotions especially those darker feelings you can reel yourself back by saying like this is just an era i'm in it's as short or as long as i want it to be and I can close this era at any time. So yeah, it's that sanity check. It's just giving yourself control over what's happening in the moment because ultimately like you are in control of your own emotions. But sometimes it's just hard to name what's happening to you. Like, But then Taylor Swift creates the perfect song that describes exactly what's happening to you. It, it just feels good to have that big sister there that has already gone through it. And... I mean, she really takes you all the way from your 15-year-old self to like well into like what your 30s could look like. And I think that's just 
a very valuable resource that's often undermined by like oh well she's a pop singer like how much is she actually doing like no she's doing a lot for women everywhere just by like creating a voice for those emotions so I think like if you're not a Swifty you can kind of see a lot of people like making Taylor Swift their whole personality and I'm not gonna caution away from that because I mean at one point I was literally mean girls word vomiting everything I knew about Taylor Swift when someone would bring her up definitely in the peak of the era's tour I was guilty of that my full feed was just Taylor Swift and that was too much (laughs) that was too much even for me I feel like summer was a really big time for the feed to be full of her but then this week she just announced her new album the tortured poets department and I'm just when I saw it on the Grammys because I was watching the Grammys live And I'm sure a lot of Swifties out there were as well, because everyone thought she's going to announce reputation. She came up dressed in black and white. Everyone was still on board like, yes, reputation, it's coming. And then she got up on stage and she's so humble and smiling and like thanking everybody. And then she just drops that she's been hiding this album for two years. And my brain like short-circuited and it, it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> to admit it, but my brain literally short-circuited. I was like, what, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? And I was just like, all I could say was like, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. <laughs> and it was so, it was such a good moment because I was like with all these other Swifties, not with them, but through like text and Instagram and all that. And like, we're all watching the moment live together. And then everyone's just messaging each other and like going crazy. So it was this big moment of community. And it was just nice. Like, I feel like that type of excitement is something you really only had when you were a kid. And so it is a little bit still like reconnecting with that inner child, letting yourself be excited about silly things. Because why not? Is it really that bad to just like her and resonate with what she's saying? People make sports teams their whole personality and there's no backlash on that. But then as soon as you like make Taylor Swift your whole personality, people are like, ooh, isn't that a little much? Well, I'm not wearing like 49ers jersey and hat and socks like head to toe every weekend. Super Bowl coming up. That's okay. But liking Taylor Swift isn't okay. I don't know. I don't think it's that bad of a thing to make those things that you love a big part of your life if it brings you joy then just embrace it like we, we don't have a lot of moments of joy in this cruel world you know <laughs> like just fully dive in and just let yourself enjoy the, the little, little things in life I don't see a problem with it at all and just to circle back like the mean girls moment I haven't seen the mean girls musical yet um, but I'm currently obsessed with Renee Rapp she is so bubbly and fun and everything I want to be. I am just surprised that with this whole wave of nostalgia marketing and the revival of girlhood and all of this that we've been talking about, I'm surprised they didn't make the Mean Girls movie more of an event to go see, like the Barbie movie. Like it could have been so fun to get everyone to dress up like 2000s, like Juicy Couture, tracksuit, go see the Mean Girls, but they didn't. I feel like that was a huge missed opportunity and it's not that hard to create that kind of trend because there's been a precedent for it like eras renaissance 
Barbie, all of those movies, the movie version of those tours, they were an event. They were an event that you get dressed up for and made it fun to go to the movie theaters. Like, I really think movie theaters could keep up with that momentum, but I guess that they won't because Mean Girls had a huge opportunity there and then they just lost it. And And I'm usually really down on capitalism, but nostalgia marketing, like, if it's done well, I will eat it up. I mean, a big part of becoming an adult is embracing the things you loved as a child unironically and unapologetically. And so why not? Why not make it a huge event to go see Mean Girls and make Taylor Swift your whole personality and get the Nintendo Switch so that you can play all the games from your childhood because that's what brings you happiness. Like, And we should all just be pursuing finding happiness in the ways that we can. I'm not condoning a hedonist society, but as long as it's not affecting other people, like you do you girl. And I am happily being a teenage girl, only 23 years old, enjoying all of my nostalgia. So thanks for listening. I hope you come back for the next episode. Follow Vos Memos on Instagram and TikTok at Vos Memos. I'm working on a book. It's called Busqueda de Alma. You can find more about it on my website, angelageorge.com. If you want more content like this, stick around and come back in two Fridays for the next episode of Vos Memos. Mm-hmm.